Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Do you want me to intro? <coughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a difficult one, doesn't it? Is this what it must have been like when WCW and WWF like, did the crossover? You go first. <laughs> I'm bigger than you. Uh, I think maybe you should. I know it's, it's weird. Okay. Yeah, because right. like it's your your streams. But don't. Let's just let's just fucking. Okay. Let's just have fun let's with this. Let's just it, have guys. fun with it. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Slacker Podcast, the Chill the Beats Podcast. And Mad Notions podcast. Is it, do we, do we want to? Is, is there anybody's like stream that we can? The Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> he wouldn't have us on. And the. Uh, I wouldn't go on. <laughs> couple, like going for that clickbait straight <laughs> off, aren't we, Mick? Flipping <laughs> Jake Paul and Logan Paul over here, just offering boys out for I, I'd, twenty pounds. I'd take Joe. I'd take him. <laughs> so this is a different edition of uh, all of the podcasts that you've listened to. Um, because we have uh, a project that's uh, going to be out by the time this is out. It's called Parish is Burning. It is a sketch show, and it's on BBC Radio 4, and there is a link to it in the description of uh, where you're listening to this right now, so you can get it there or me your, your bios. And it's like a 28-minute sketch show, and if you don't listen to it, then you're dead to me. And when he says we... Uh, he means Mainly him. himself. <laughs> no, he means himself and me, who who he hasn't introduced yet. Um, but I'm well used to at this stage because I have been this man's best friend for a long time. Oh, you're Phillies mate. I am Phillies mate. You're in Phillies band. You're in Phillies wee show, aren't you? <laughs> and he just continued on with that. Now, so my name's Mick. By the way, it's nice to meet you all. If you've ever have never heard my voice before, but I am the great man. I'm the great woman behind the great man of Philly Tigers. <laughs> um, yeah, you're affectionately known in... Is it even like a creative name or is it just affectionately known as Muck? It was a nickname and then I used it as a character name, but the character was very much based on exaggerated version of myself. So what has happened is the name has now just stuck and people expect me to act like that character, which I'm more than happy to do. You're like a low-key Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> I would say, or like, no, I met him. Did you? I met him when I worked in the office. Sean Williamson. Yeah, he was a lovely man. He was very polite and very friendly. He was in some sort of line dancing a western sort of thing. Really? Yeah. I he mean, I can lad. I can see that. Like, there's a great uh, God. He could move. There's a great <laughs> rendition on on YouTube of him uh, at the bowls. You know, like uh, the sort of like the game that pensioners normally play. Yeah. So sorry to anybody who's not a pensioner who plays it. Uh, singing Mustang Sally. Really? Yeah, it's great. Hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll give, give, it, give it a little blast, will I? Um, <laughs> I typed in Mustang Sally into YouTube without typing in Barry from <laughs> EastEnders, expecting, <laughs> expecting it to be the top version <laughs> that it ever, that it ever come out. Um, uh, anyway, listen, we'll we'll come back to it. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, it, we 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 got together uh, a little while ago and and wrote uh, um, a lot of sketches and. They've somehow made its way onto the BBC. Yeah, it's, it were it has gone out on Radio Four, and now it's available on BBC Sounds. And it kind of just—I mean, there was a lot of work went into it, but it—it it was we didn't expect to be doing this. 
pardon me, Barry from EastEnders sang something inside so strong. <laughs> Sorry, not, not Mustang Sally. <laughs> I, I dare I. When they insist we're just not good enough. But we know better. You're gonna look them in the eyes and say, It's really giving it. We're gonna do it anyway. 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 Give me a bye. <laughs> because there's something inside so strong. He's not bad. He's alright, he's good. It's interesting to know that the person who booked this has also booked Primavera this year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's playing, man, because I'm not missing that. Well, there, there, he did quite a lot of um, festivals a couple of years ago under Barry Oki, um, where you could get up on stage with Barry from EastEnders and sing songs like karaoke style. That sounds like heaven. What a great, what a great vibe. Um, ha- as you- half a pill up the arse, <laughs> sun going down on the Barcelona beach, and you're listening to Barry from EastEnders sing something inside so strong. Please note these are the views of Barry from EastEnders <laughs> and not those of the yeah. BBC or of uh, those or from Sean a Williamson. Or Sean yeah. Williamson. Um, so, I mean, like, you can understand what the working relationship is like now with me and Mick, where, where we start talking about something serious, and then I'm like, going, here, will we watch a clip of Barry from EastEnders? <laughs> So like, we put together this uh, sketch show that we've been kind of talking about for a long time. Me, me, me and you played in a band together for about nine or ten years, from about 14 till I was 23 anyway. It was about, f- I, no, 14 to t- 10 years, 14 to Aye. 24, we'll say. And um, there was always like ideas of like doing stupid stuff or doing funny stuff yeah. around that. I think we also probably tried to record a podcast when podcasting was just beginning. We really. did. I would love to hear that audio, but I'm sure it did not hold up well. We drank well. two bottles of gin while we recorded we it. Did. And that was like, <laughs> that would have been about 2009, mm. 2010. It was around the time that Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington and, yeah, and Stephen yeah, yeah. Merchant podcast was quite big and then nothing else was. Yeah. Like, we, like that was literally the only podcast that I think I knew at that stage. Yeah, from no, the I'm ATL the same. podcast. Yeah, yeah. The ATL podcast was started back in 1943. <laughs> it's like, it's so. There's war old. updates. Yeah. Like, literally, the only ones going. The hot new band with the song Stay Indoors. <laughs> hey, let's not go walking. It's not what to do. Cover under your bed. Staying alive is good for you. <laughs> so we, we kind of did bits and pieces of it. I used to write like stupid sketches when I was in uni and they were really bizarre, like, you know, oh, totally, totally random sort of yeah. like things. I was really into like um, brass eye and jam and like big train and fascio and stuff like that. So I used to write loads of sketches. I have, there's a folder of them still somewhere in my house. And I remember digging it out maybe about six or seven years ago and reading it and giving myself the fear and throwing uh, it yeah, to the mean, other side I of mean, the room. <gasps> Comedy age is like milk, and especially when you're first starting to write it. Like uh, I would, I would, I I would do this. I'd, I had the same reaction as you. Yeah, it, for sure. It was like just unbelievably bad stuff. Um, so when the first lockdown happened, um, we had already had a character before the lockdown, didn't we? Like there was a we'd been there in was the a pub. couple. Of, we were in the pub over Christmas, just in the booth, just doing the usual, uh, making each other laugh. 
and you were like, we, sh- you, we should do something. Mm. We should do something. And then once lockdown hit, we started kind of recording remotely and set, sending the audio to each other. And one of us would compile it together and uh, edit it together and do a bit of sound design into the sketch. Uh, it really just went from there, didn't it? Yeah. I, I remember the first one I wrote was about line dancing in a t- town of people that had lost their thumbs overnight. Sounds so unfunny, doesn't it? It's when you, when, when you explain what a sketch is, it just sounds it like does. so dumb. Like, we are fully grown adult <laughs> men here, and this is what we spend our time doing. A town without thumbs. Yeah. Imagine. Hilarious. Yeah, exactly. I, I never made it to the final cut. No, you'll, 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 you'll all be glad to know. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we got um, Michael Fry and uh, and Kira Knight um, on just for fun like i mean nobody was like uh, really thinking about anything commercial in terms of like it being played anywhere it was just like well it was it was michael came on first and he recommended then after like a couple of weeks of bringing this um performer kira knight who he knew in yeah yeah um once that was in then really started to take shape of it um as a as an idea you know I think like yeah, yeah, and it was just it was just really fun because I I just remember how ridiculously depressed I was at the start of the the, the pandemic, and it gave me something to focus on. Yeah, and I was depressed you, listening to you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was like this man needs a project. <laughs> Give him something. He can't like you know most people were out like making decking out the back of their house or like you know uh, do, doing like gardening, and I was just sort of sitting looking out the window at them like Bart Simpson after he broke his leg. You know, sort <laughs> of like peering down at them, sort of paranoid, going. I can't make things. I uh, I can I just, write things. I spent the first few weeks locked down just seeing how far I could go without showering. He's, he's still going. I'm people. still going. Still can you going. smell that down the mic? Yeah. You remember when you used to get the Beano or the Dandy back in the day and there'd be green stink lines coming <laughs> off somebody? Mickey's actually walking yeah. around like that. Face full of cow pie, <laughs> togs full of stink lines. <laughs> and uh, I, so we, we did that. We did, we did that for a little bit. And... Um, now we've got like a full 28 minute uh, schedule with uh, loads of really, really good uh, actors from, from both sides of the border. Writer performers, we should Writer say as well, because yeah, yeah. there was a good bit of writing done from them. Um, yeah, crazy. Pretty, arguably much better. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely much better performed. Yeah, see, Mickey's been writing, <laughs> writing comedy for, for quite a while and I'm like a fly by night where I'm just like going, hey, this is a good, good excuse to... Get in on what my friend's good at and then step on his head (laughs) (laughs) and use him as a launch pad into my new career. So you haven't done much, you don't have much experience in comedy writing, but I have said often that you're the funniest person I know. Or or rather, maybe you're not that funny, but you make me laugh like nobody else (laughs) um, does. A good example of that is when, so Philly was a year older than me in school and um, he, uh, (laughs) word got round that he had, uh, Climbed out the the window of his Irish class, walked around the court, like walked around the school grounds into the corridor and knocked on the door and entered the the room and asked, could he speak with himself to the teacher? And I was like, that man is a fucking genius. That man is a genius. There's one element of the story that people forget about when when they tell that one is that I was I I changed into a hat (laughs) just to make it slightly different. I'd I'd stuck a I stuck a backwards cap on, and when I was when I called, it was like going hello. He's like going, Taggart, sit down. He's like going, can I speak to Philip Taggart, please? And he just sat and looked at me like, I don't know how to deal with this. I do not know how to deal with this. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you come from a, a long a long lineage of funny bastards, like your your, your dad. Being My dad is very, very, very funny. Like, 
un, un, unbroadcastably funny. Unbro- yeah, yeah. It's more. It's it's more in the moment, you know. Yeah, within the family confines. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's lots of context that you need. Like too much, they would say. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the people that we grew up with are just innately hilarious and witty. Our group of friends. I mean, everybody probably thinks that about their group of friends. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's just. But ours are better than yours. But ours are better than yours, and there's loads of them (laughs) as well. So don't even try and call us out, or we'll get them all around your house. They've all got chainsaws, and they all they all they all know how to use them. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think like when you're like uh, people people in Oman, people in Derry, people in Straban, they're they just tend to be gobshites. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no you you don't get away with being a dry shite uh, in in Tyrone. I don't think. Yeah, you're just bullied out of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, there's bound to be some crack in you. <laughs> just make something up. I just for God's sake. <laughs> My paint's going flat. Yeah. Um, so, Say something. <laughs> but I mean, stop crying. It won't bring your mother back. <laughs> <laughs> this is the least funny funeral I've ever been to. Get up and do a wee ten minute stand up at the end. <laughs> That's what you. That's what your family funerals were like. You, like, we all, we have very different uh, like uh, ways of burying our our, our people in in, in Westeron. Mine's are real somber affairs where there's no booze and everybody's yeah. just sitting. Nobody, around. Even, nobody even applauds when they shoot out of the cannon. <laughs> exactly. It's like going here, just because. <laughs> What's that? Rebel says that you should just float them down the lagging, and let the otters do their, do their <laughs> business. <laughs> Um, Have at it, boys. That's it. So, like, yeah, I, I, somebody, somebody would die in my family, and I would be really sad about it. Then Mickey would phone me up, going, "I'm glad they're dead." <laughs> <laughs> it's Mickey's like dark, perverse. I do do that. Humor. I get very uncomfortable. Or uh, I with, actually with, think there's a lot of that energy in the in the actual sketch show as well. There's, you know what, you know what, there was a lot of that actually probably didn't make the final cut. And and Keith was like, Keith, the producer was like, it, that's not coming from me. That's you too. It's like any time a child is mentioned. Uh, it's called an idiot. It's called like stupid or an idiot. Like some of the dimmer children are the more stupid children. This is uh, obviously coming from two two men in their mid-30s who don't have kids. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Although I know you're... I, I, no, you know what, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> hey, I'm a single guy now. <laughs> I, yeah. What, what, is it, what is it the saying is? Uh, this will only mean anything to anybody from a part of Northern Ireland going... I've never, what, what's the term? I've never cheated on my wife, but I've spent a weekend in Fintna. Which is where all my <laughs> where family all is family from. from. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the, all of the, the, the Randy married men of, uh, of Northern Ireland would go, go down to Fintna to visit Mickey. Do you want to, do you want to kind of talk about the origin of that phrase? Or do you know what, why that's? I have no idea what the so, origin of that uh, phrase. I think there may have been a barracks, an army barracks in Fintna. Uh, and it gained a reputation for. I think it had a tram and an army barracks. So it was like it was like a meeting point, and it gained. What are you smirking at? <laughs> it, just, it, just I think it gained a reputation for being like a, a loose, a loose town, a loose town. Squatties running about everywhere. I just imagine it like a it being some sort of like Red Dead Redemption cowboy saloon where you go down to Fintland, you you walk in, you're like going bottle of blue aftershock. 
and he, he puts it down, leave the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Some woman comes up to you and you're just like, what? Why a little bit of fun tonight, yeah. And I'm like, why, why are you put from Essex? <laughs> I don't know, what's your auntie, you ask her? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I have no idea how we got on to Fenton. I'm like, uh-huh. how do we get out of it? This is, the, <laughs> this is the exact question everybody in Fenton says. How do we get out of it? Uh, you just usually uh, you just bury whatever dead relative that has is most recently passed away, and then uh, wait till closing time. That's usually how I found to get out of it. <laughs> and it's, it's done you well. It's done you well. Um, so I mean, I, I can see your uh, YouTube history from here. Can you? Yeah. Well, I, I can see the. It's all. I really like looking at my YouTube history after if I've been out at the weekend and I've come home early. Erratic. Yeah, because if I've come home early, like I'll 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 not listen to music on Spotify. I'll listen to it on on, on, on YouTube. TV, on, 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 on the tube. Um <laughs> You spot spot WrestleMania weekend. Hypnosis music, Mufasa Friday, WrestleMania preview, Undertaker Hall of Fame, Putin, <laughs> Mustang Sally, and Biographics. <laughs> Putin Mustang Sally. <laughs> That's. I mean, there's 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 something in this as like a as a feature, isn't there? Like did you uh, did you watch WrestleMania? I watched the first day of it. I haven't watched um, uh, the first second. day. There's two days of it. Yeah. Why? Um, because Vince McMahon, he's going. I need to make all the. I need to make all those all that money before I pop it. Yeah. Wow. Two day WrestleMania. Although he's he's very much starting to look like. Uh, his age, like he's he's an old he's an old dude. Like he's an interesting, he's very character. very very interesting. He's an incredible specimen of a human. Like yeah. Um. No. I so I watched it and Stone Cold Steve Austin came back. That man has no. Listen, we we've, we've been through this argument about <laughs> Stone Cold before. Just because you weren't born during the Attitude Era doesn't mean that Cena is better than him. Okay, Rebel. You fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. God. No, no, nothing. Um, Put yeah, that dog down. He, <laughs> off the chair. Um, yeah, Stone Cold has no thought about drinking at work. The amount of beer he drank. <laughs> and the littering. Aye, exactly. He just throws it at his arse. That's it. The council, you, should be, yeah, the council should be all over that. <laughs> it was a funny bit. Like, <laughs> that'd be a good, uh, <laughs> like a good stable nemesis for Stone Cold. The council the is council. just going around cleaning up after him. Hey, do you have the right permit to be driving that beer truck down to the <laughs> ring? I don't think you do. Um, it was it was funny because uh, he Stone Cold stunnered uh, Kevin Owens, the guy he was fighting against. And then there was a, a a ring announcer called Byron, who apparently is the bad guy. I don't, I don't really watch it often. And he stunned him. And he was stunning everybody, right? And I was like, oh, he's on a rampage. And then this other guy who I had no idea who he was, who just like this maybe mid-50s guy just got into the ring. He's got a big pop belly on him. And you're like, he just looks like some guy from the crowd. Is going. And immediately it was going through my head. It was like... He's not gonna stun that poor, <laughs> that poor weirdo from the crowd, and they're like, "Oh my God, Stone Cold Steve Austin's brother is here!" And you know, obviously, he's like savoring the moment with his family because it's the last time he'll ever be in the ring. I was like, "Oh, please stun her, your brother! <laughs> <laughs> please stun her, your brother, and make it the last stun thing." Stun your brother, is it- <laughs> Just, please. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. never, he's never wrestled in his life. Has no idea how to take it. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even like sell it just goes down a wee bit and then just stands there <laughs> it's 
for the love of God, Brian, sell it. Do you ever see videos or clips of when fans actually do make it into the ring? Uh, they, they get an awful pasting. <laughs> the boys do not hold back. It's not like the the streakers in, in football where like you know they're ushered off the yeah. thing and they're kept in the ring and they're senseless. I I was I was listening to um, an, an interview with the Undertaker. Weird. Also, the Undertaker started doing interviews. It's just like going here, but there's like there's a pandemic on. There's plenty of bodies that need doing out there. <laughs> You're not busy. You're not doing the wrestling. You back back to the day job, <laughs> Callaway. Um, and uh, he was talking about his first ever fight, and he said it was. Oh, was it like? I can't remember. It was some something Bundy, not Ted Bundy. <laughs> I thought, I, if, look, I'm just going to say it. Could do with a choke slam. <laughs> and then some. Um, stop with your bloody <laughs> slam. Would you stop killing all around you? Um, and he said that like the, the first fight he ever had was actually getting battered. Like the guy just, pu- just punched him. And he said it was before they had steel chairs, so it was w- like wooden deck chairs. <laughs> 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 he said the guy hit him so hard ov- over the back, uh, uh, over his back, or his back with the, the chair that the wood splintered and went everywhere. And at the end of it, he just went back, sh- shook the hand, the hand of the guy, and said thanks very much. And the guy turned around. This guy's got a career in the business. <laughs> just because he can take a beating. Yeah, well, I mean, take a beating and sell it. It's a big... Wasn't that the thing they used to say about Ric Flair as well? That he, he was really good at selling, like, selling the, the, uh, the, the pattern the oppo- that he was getting. You yeah, know? the opponent. There's like, a phrase for that. I can't remember what it is. Of yeah. being, like, an, a good sort of... <laughs> being a good victim, essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It, just like Given given your opponent, they're 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 Jews. Yeah, like, yeah. Shawn Michaels was probably the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd hit him. He's like, well, I'm better than you. I'm not going down. Um, we had a couple of physical altercations throughout our life, haven't we? As teenagers, yeah, yeah. Uh, and probably the early twenty. No, maybe maybe one, one or two. One or two in the early twenties. We're really Jew. Like, I mean, it must be a good fifteen years since we've I, had a fight. I, like, I think we've emotionally matured now. We understand our yeah, feelings. Yeah, I don't really go in for the whole violence thing anymore no no i no, never really did it's in the hack. first day it's, <laughs> it's hack it's so over pacifism's where it's at now it's so it's so 90s that's what gets you the ladies <laughs> um i right enough actually this is the thing like we, me and mick have got like a sort of brotherly relationship more than a friendship relationship in, in that like we've uh we know how to wind each other up ridiculously well i also shaved you for the first time not yeah. this morning i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i showed you how to shave i know like my, like my back is quite, quite wide as well, so for him, <laughs> for him to be able to do the whole thing. And I was standing in front of him as well, and I was reaching around and just bringing the big razor up the back of the back. I know, back it was beautiful. And maintaining eye contact. It was like um, that, that scene in Ghost. <laughs> Except the other way around. <laughs> you can just imagine, like, uh, just me, me sitting there, <laughs> climbing on top of me. And just a little bit of... This isn't the scene. I, I just wanted to watch Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> was it not on Chain Melody? That it was on Chain Melody, but this is the pottery scene. This is when... Uh, this is towards the I was going to say, the I, did, I didn't know Whoopi Goldberg was in Ghost, but I've yeah, never actually watched it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg is a clairvoyant in Ghost. She facilitates the... 
connection between clairvoyant? I mean, she'd be oh, from woman. <laughs> <laughs> what should the voyance would she be? Now? <laughs> this film looks dreadful. It's really good, actually. From what I recall, I remember being scared shitless of it when I was a kid because the. Uh, there's a few bits where these like shadowy figures drag a dead body off to hell, and it looks really fucking. Patrick Swayze's going in for the kiss here. Going Danny in for Murray. the ghost kiss. If she uses tongue, we'll be able to see, because he's translucent. Was it you told me that you felt that you got kissed by a ghost once? No, that was. <laughs> was it? Kieran. Was Kieran. Great song though. Yeah. Kissed by a ghost. The thing is, like, if you knew your friend Kieran, you'd be like going. Wouldn't be wouldn't be as cinematic yeah. as Demi Moore and, and um, Patrick Swayze. Okay, I thought this was the fact. Are you saying? No. Holy shit! This will be Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim. So correct. Um, there you go. It's a part of our movie review and our our, our, our new <laughs> podcast. Where I haven't seen the movie, and Mick has. <laughs> but not since I was a kid. Anybody listening to this who's like looking for the the incredible uh, insight of the slacker interview or the the, the the chilled out nature of chill debates or the erratic conversation of mad notions. I, I don't know what you're getting because I yeah, don't think we, we don't, know. Yeah, we kind of just sat down to do this. We're like, look, we need to do something to promote this. Let's just chat. We may as well and just see where it goes. We've got a clip. I'm very aware, though, that uh, people know you and they don't know me. So what, what, okay, right. Would you, do, you want, do you want to do like a 10 questions sort <laughs> yes, of thing? Yes. <laughs> do you want to do 10 questions? Yeah, cool. All right, okay. I haven't got any of these this prepped. Uh, well, th- okay, right. Here's 10 questions. Um, where did you have your first kiss? Oh, le- oh my leisure center. Wrong, on the lips. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are Liker. quite. Um, uh, who is your favorite uncle? Oh, I have a lot of good uncles. I'll, t- I'll pick one from the other side. Uncle Vinny on the dad's side and Uncle Kieran on my mom's side. Okay. A little bit about the both of them. Uncle Kieran lives in London. I never see him. Left during the 70s. That's uh, all I'm saying. <laughs> and and, and this, managed to go to London and not get arrested? Yeah, well, apparently there was a warrant out for him when he came back. So he st- decided to stay in London. That's all I know and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm guessing there's a statue of limitations on this for the like, this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think he actually might have got a letter a couple of years ago saying that. Um, uh, and my uncle Vinny once wrapped his hand in toilet paper, shat in it, and threw it at me. I mean, listen, how how that wouldn't endear you to to, to an uncle? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I was like, oh, you, the you old cad. So there, like, okay, right? There's there's two questions. I feel like I'm getting to know you a little bit better now. Um, name me your uh, favorite musical memory. Uh, playing in the Ulster Hall, were you? Oh, yeah, that was good. With supporting Richard Hawley. Yeah, big up Richard Hawley. That was it. My ma was crying at, at the end of that gig, and part of me was like, going, "Was it that bad?" <laughs> well, my <laughs> man and dad didn't even bother coming up the road for it. Although your parents did come to a gig where they, they were the only people there at the the Beatles. Yeah, that's um, right. In we, in uh, Moville. In Moville, yeah, we did a a, a Beatles festival in Moville. And we're booked to play an hour of our own songs and an hour of Beatles songs. So we got the message, a band pulled out, they couldn't do it, and they asked us to step in. And that should have been the first warning sign. The we, band could no longer do the gig. Yeah, 
So, you know, and they were very coy about it. This is pre-COVID as well. Like this they, is <laughs> they, this was about 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. So they would have, pr- they probably got a feel for what the, the weekend was, how the weekend was going. It was like, let's not go down there. Let's get somebody else to do it. And the two, the four idiots stepped up. Well, we, they offered us like, I think a thousand euro. Yeah. Um, Which was by far the most we would have been paid for any gig, I think, mm-hmm. at, at that stage. So I think if you had a, said to us, here's a thousand euro, can you uh, come and play... Uh, polka music for an I'll hour. give it a go uh, exactly uh, the polka king of Walmart town <laughs> um uh so we went and did it and yeah the, it was in a hotel function room in Moville and uh yeah like Mickey your parents and I think there was maybe about two or three other people there yeah. that stood at the back and the guy who put the gig on didn't even show up I think he was there for a minute and then he scarpered yeah he legged it yeah and then at the very end of the night we were like hold on like we've got a assigned, it wasn't a contract, but like we have a sort of like a written agreement here. Um, so I went to the front desk and asked um, where the guy lived. So because we had gear that we needed to give back to him, inverted commas. Yeah. And we went up to his house and chased him down for the dough. The gear was Des and Troy, my <laughs> left and right fist. <laughs> Ride lightning. <laughs> and I'm the... <laughs> Ride the lightning, but my friends. Um, so we, we, yeah, we had to shake down a guy yeah. in Mobile. We held him up by his ankles. It's exactly took all the coins from his pocket. It's exactly what George, Ringo, Paul, and John would have wanted. Yeah. I think. Do you remember, like, <laughs> it? So it was supposed to be like we would do a set, and then he would do like a Q and A. Yeah. And he was half cut. Who was the guy who was doing it the Q and A? It was some guy who was like the Beatles accountant or something. It like was that? somebody who was like very, uh, very. Uh, loosely relate, linked to them, but it he was, was like the guy who did like the, like the cousin of the guy who did the artwork or something. Yeah, he wasn't like it, it, no, it wasn't. He was some sort. It wasn't like the it wasn't like a roadie like your man Mal Evans, but it was somebody. It was something else, and he had a he knew Springsteen as well because he had a couple of photos of him with Springsteen. But he was just one of these like Joe who oh, actually I can't say his name. Just an an old English toff. That's what I'll go for. <laughs> he was very toffy. Yeah, he was like you know he had the yeah. One of my favorite things about yeah. the Beatles was uh, yeah. how much quaffing they would do. <laughs> yes, he had big Lord Haha energy. They you know? loved quaffing. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is that David quaff. Champagne, quaffed. <laughs> Caviar, quaffed. And now I'm in Donegal Football Special, quaffed. <laughs> I'll quaff it all. And I'll show you. <laughs> Can we stop giving the guest? Can we stop giving so, the keynote speaker <laughs> so much football special and vodka, please? <laughs> More quaffing. Um, uh, so that was a, that was a good gig. Yeah, it was one of. I mean, we got paid and ended up though. Yeah, I was very impressed with your decorum that night. I marched him to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I marched, I marched a man who made a bad business decision <laughs> <laughs> from from the top, shouted at him from the door of his house, up through the, the, the window at the top of his house. When we when we pulled up to the house, Philly said, all right, Mike, go cut me a switch. <laughs> 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 we got to go do this now. It's very, very much. Like, I mean, anybody who's played in a band will probably have had some sort of experience like this. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not a good promoter. Or, or you're not a promoter unless you've been marched to a bank yeah. at once. I've been marched to a bank. Have you? Before, yeah. 
Um, but I was happy to go. I was like, you know, I was never going to run away. Yeah. But they were like, we need the money. And I was like, going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'd, I'd rather have it myself, though. <laughs> Is there any chance that I can have the money and then you should just drive on to whatever your next gig is? After all, I did all the work. I did lots of work, but it's not my fault that you're really not that popular. Do you know who posted that post on Instagram? You're <laughs> looking at him, sir. Now <laughs> give me my cut. <laughs> exactly. Internet doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, I mean, the thing is, you could. it's probably a podcast in itself of just doing war stories that the bands have just gone through of just re- yeah. really really shit gigs it's kind of what mad notions is but nathan yeah. provides most of the uh, <laughs> most of the the stories to be honest yeah like uh, uh nathan <laughs> nathan's stories are are pretty pretty he's just he's really good storyteller he's teller. a good raconteur so the podcast that i do mad notions i've been doing it for about four years philly's been on it once or twice um my co-host nathan, nathan o'regan is an amazing singer songwriter from cork living in um northern ireland He's been a musician since he was no age. He's been a working musician in the pubs since he was 16. And <laughs> that has done tremendous stuff to his psyche and his well-being. <laughs> because if you can imagine being surrounded by the worst cunts imaginable three times a, uh, a weekend since you were 16, you would have you would be getting a bit fed up at this stage. He doesn't go to the pub for leisure, does he? No, nah, no. Nah. He told me a great story the other day that's not repeatable but um oh, yeah cool. so should, yeah sure thanks for, yeah. thanks for bringing it up yeah. everybody broadcasting 101 <laughs> <laughs> here i've got this really good story i can't tell everybody um i i mean yeah and no, nobody can do um anger as as good as he can yeah <laughs> he's, he's like he's he when, when he goes full angry yeah. he goes into full meltdown you should definitely go and check it out it's mad notions podcast there's like how many episodes you in now it must be in over near 200 200 jesus yeah, christ although it's we've a, a slight break in scheduling as nathan is an expectant father very very soon That's wait to hear what i've done i've done something really dumb and really stupid what, what um, <laughs> how are you how are you pigeoning from from uh i backed from, over nathan in my car okay <laughs> no um somebody's gonna need to raise the boy nathan, it'll be you. nathan rang me the other day and goes so nathan also uh does a monthly night in belfast called songbook where you have a house band and two guests great night and they send the music to the band and the band learn the tunes beforehand and each guest gets up and does like six songs nathan rang me and goes mick he talked to me for about an hour first. He wore me down first. <laughs> and he goes, here, actually, I wanted to ask you a favor. And I was like, right. And he was like, just on the off chance that the Mags goes into labor on Tuesday, I'm going to need you to step up. This is tomorrow, right? As we record this? Yeah. Right. And do hosting duties. And that means sending some music for the band to learn and being on standby. And I said, yes, absolutely, no problem. And then I hung up. And I was you're like, a musician, you're a singer, you can do this, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's it's getting the, the so for, for this sort of night, you want to kind of pick your most basic songs in terms of structure and layout yeah, for the band. Your GADs. And I have I've, I've a habit, com, coming, from my, for, uh, coming from the indie persuasion like we do, our... Uh, Tastes or there's just and not even breakdowns, just like odd, maybe just not conventional changes that you could just map yeah, out easily, yeah. you know. So that was the first thing, and then I was just like, I haven't actually gigged in months, 
like proper uh, gig be, than months. You'd be rusty. You'd want to be like a yeah. tune-up gig or something. So I'm going to just text Mags tonight and say, you better fucking stick a cork in that until Wednesday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. Hang tight. Yeah, just just don't text me. I'll come. Let him host. I'll come. That's a better... That, I should have pitched that. Yeah. Rather than going, I'll do the hosting. I'll do the, the, the labor work. I'll do the breathing exercises for until you get here. That sounds really, that sounds like a good idea. Roughage, I would imagine. I don't. I'm not a doctor here, but like maybe like lots of fiber. No, wait, that's the opposite. <laughs> um. Anyway, back. We we welcome back to Doctor Phil here uh, <laughs> on uh, the the triple podcast that we're on. Uh, have you got a bodily function? Tell me about it. I don't think pregnancy <laughs> is a bodily. Well, I guess it is in a sense a bodily function. Uh, look, if you've got something wrong with you, come to me before a doctor. Isn't that just right? I mean, yeah, you cured all my ailments. <laughs> leeches. Yeah. You got leeches. I'm going bald, Philly. Leeches on the on, yeah, leeches put, on the crown. Yeah, put the leeches on the crown and uh, <laughs> say the Hail Mary backwards. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Um, so I mean, so not, it's just coming up to five to two. You just got, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. We're, getting, we're, we're, we're crossing our streams all over the place. You're like, is this live radio? Is this like three podcasts? We're like, I mean, this is this is necessarily j- just on the three uh, streams of uh, Slacker, Childe Beats, and Mad Notions to go listen to our brand new sketch show called Parish is Burning. Let's play a clip of it so you yeah. can actually hear what it sounds like. Yeah. Think you're fast? Think you can outrun an ostrich? Why don't you put your mouth where your money is, you bloody idiot, and come on down to Mole Harris Ostrich Farm, the second largest ostrich farm in County Tyrone. It is the only place that you can race an ostrich for the price of your average monthly phone bill. Feeling tired? Why not ride the bloody thing? We won't judge. Birds are meant to be red. It says so right there above the entry to Mole Harris Ostrich Farm. At this point in the advertisement, I'm legally obligated to tell you that I'm not the most successful British track athlete in modern Olympic Games history, Mo Farah. We just share the same name and a love of running. Only I'm better because as far as I'm aware, the real Mo Farah didn't inherit 100 ostrich eggs from an eccentric cousin, eating more than half of them before realizing they weren't just big duck eggs. He didn't do that. I did and I already apologize, so I don't understand why you're bringing it up. Look now, before these ushers break through the fence and attack my terrified family again. Yeah! Go, ostrich, go! Welcome back to the Slacker, Childe Beats, and Mad Notions podcast. You will tell all of your friends about Parish's Burning, available on BBC Sounds. If, ah. if you don't shut the fuck up, <laughs> shut the fuck up, I'm in my flow. If you don't have any friends, then find a way. Sandwich boards. I uh, my voice is lacking in the sort of gravitas needed to uh, to, to 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 do these sort of meditative talks. Uh, so I'm I sorry. would just like to say that I second everything Philly said. Pardon me. It's bring your son to work. <laughs> <laughs> At the meditation station. Dad! <laughs> Your mother was... Go out. <laughs> Go out and sit in the car with your mother until I'm done with my fucking meditation. But she's crying out there! She knows exactly what she's done. <laughs> and I 
can't help her with that anymore than you can. Now where was I? Parish is burning. A sketch show for the ages. 18 plus. Don't look at me like that. Get out. <laughs> Get out here. So there you go. Um, that was uh, an advert from uh, our meditation Philosophical. Guru. Yeah, philosoph- philosophical fell there and his hypnotrance music. <laughs> I mean, hypnotrance music sounds like something completely different. <laughs> Here, Philly, you know the way this is using like uh, the kind of chill debate slacker format. Yeah. And I asked you about that song. Had you listened to that song yet? Oh yeah. Is it worth listening live? I mean, we can always cut it. Okay, it, yeah. Like. I, Mickey's been going on about the thing. Is he just? He's like a flipping. He's like you're like exactly like your own dog, maybe with a branch in its teeth. When you actually like. Get on top of a song, you won't let go of it. Yeah. You're like going to everybody. Hey guys, you listen to the song. This is a cool song. It's just a cool song. Like just well, what's, what's it called? It's called uh, the artwork on it's terrible. It put me off it immediately. Uh, it's called fuck. What is it? Home, the Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun by Julie Brown. It was homecoming night at my high school. Everyone was there. It was totally cool. This is so you, Nick. <laughs> this song is a two for one. Uh, the, you love your sort of 50s kind of greaser. Yeah, I love prom it. Like, music. yeah, I, I was in straight away. Um, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is fucking. Why have I never heard this? And I was like, maybe it's from a musical. It sounds like it's from a musical. So knock it up there and you'll see what I mean. In 2010? No, I think it was re released. Oh, right. Judy Brown put it up herself. Is this going to go metal? Oh, I'm into this. This yeah, is, this it's is good. Like, it's hard. There's some killer lines in it as well. It's. Kind of wouldn't get away with it these days, though. Yeah, well, lyrically, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, probably yeah. like from the year like two thousand onwards. Like you know, it might be more. Yeah, of a, yeah. Be a difficult radio hit. <laughs> yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Going, you don't want to give them any more ideas. Yeah, you just go into like the radio station. Going, we've got a song about uh, homecoming queen um, shooting a gun. If I was at the radio station, I'd be like, going, "Do you have anything else? <laughs> is there anything, <laughs> is there, yeah. You still don't have anything about just you know, I don't know." Even like the thing is, you get away with anything else other than that. Yeah, like, I know. Um, hey, good shout! It's the whole album is insane. The whole album is well worth a listen. Julie Brown and the album is called "Trapped in the Body of a White Girl." I, I'm going to check it. I, I I did actually kind of like that. Um, good shout! And <laughs> I came on my uh, Discover Weekly, and I was like, I was in straight away because, as you say, I, I'm a I'm a mad fan for old, like, 50s and 60s do what? Do you want to do a radio sell it? I'll play the last 10 seconds of it. You can pretend you're live on radio. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Right on. What station are you going to be on first? Um, like, the world's your, your oyster here. Okay. You can be on any station you want. Oh, 
That was Julie Brown with the Homecoming Queen has got a gun right here on Muck Talk FM. And up next we have... <laughs> What's wrong with Muck Talk? I thought you said Muck Talk. <laughs> Muck Talk FM. Muck Talk. It's like you could be on any station. I was like, you know, you could like be on Radio 2 or whatever. You're like, we're clearly too old for Radio 1. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You especially. <laughs> I know. A big red light went off. Like, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I bent over to pick my to pick up my headphones one day, and they're like, "Oh, my back!" And they're like, "He's done. He's finished." <laughs> they just once you once you straightened up again, they just ripped the lanyard from your neck, <laughs> He's threw good. it into the Thames. Out you get, you old cunt. <laughs> did you just make an only fools and horses reference? Oh, and then I did, I did the the only the Home Alone sort of. <laughs> ah! and they were like, "That's too old a reference, too. Get out of here." <laughs> We got some cool new young Northern Irish folk to put on instead. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Tanya, what check out the album. I have a I need to do a deep dive in it, but it seems like it's kinda it's it's one of those things where it's comedy, but it's not like spoof, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Which is great because I like it's right up my I would love to I've always said I'd love to write a musical. And uh, when that came on, I was just like, holy shit. Let's see if we can get a, a series of this uh, sketch show first, though. Van Dad, the musical, <laughs> I think is... Uh, so Van Dad is one of the characters in the in the sketch. Mm. There's three Van Dads, and it's like a soap opera about a man who's a van or a van who's a man. It's not entirely um, clear, but it has a nice wee theme song, to it, and it's all about him trying to keep his family together despite being a van and them all being human. It, and I just think Van Dad, the musical... It's quite. It is. It's actually quite good. It's a one that one that, that Mick wrote, but it's good because it's it's kind of believable in that. It, like some, if you listen to it, like, and you came in in the middle of it, you'd actually think you were listening to a proper soap opera on yeah. the radio. Yeah. Like proper, like not not kind of the Archers, but imagine the Archers if it was like Hollyoaks meets like nineties Coronation Street. Yeah. There's a, there's a heavy amount of like. Jim and Liz McDonald kind of like yes, that's that's exactly it. I have to give credit to Keith as well. He's like it, they, the the van dad needs to be northern. It needs to have a northern accent. I was always for it to be like um, one of the other performers, but he was like, no, Michael Strani and telling you it needs to be, and he was totally right. Yeah. Like, shout out to uh, Keith, the producer uh, from <laughs> never Fable. Fable keeps saying Fable. Yeah, um, who uh, yeah, he basically picked this up. Wiped our hole and made it um, like uh, listenable. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was good crack. Uh, the three of us uh, each had our own kind of moment. Uh, oh, meltdown! Yeah. Oh yeah, I had, a, I had a meltdown. We all had a wee meltdown, a meltdown where meltdown. like he... the other two, the other two had to have words. <laughs> <laughs> like, we all did it. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's all right, and because the, the thing is, like when you put out a, a sketch like this, not that I've ever done it before. It takes a long time to write it, and yeah. it takes a long time to record it and and edit it, and and obviously you want it to be good. So we have put all our blood, sweat, and tears into it. So if you um if you don't listen to it, then delete my number from your phone. <laughs> I, I I will be so angry. Yeah. You don't even have to like it either. Just listen to it. Just stick the radio on, and you can even leave the room if that would be better for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy for you to do that. It's it's a really good tech technique from Radio Four to like give you a pilot because they make you have to like go to work really hard to like get a series, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't they? I know. I know. How dare they not just give us one like without listening to the pilot first? <laughs> um, if anybody is in charge of any uh, 
local based click farms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want to keep our click farms local, local and organically yeah, exactly. sourced. Exactly. We like to we like to organically source our. We clicks. just want to, we want to make sure that the conditions are good, like in in, in the click farm. Yeah. Um, so if there's anybody within the the BT seven eight nine area and has like loads of phones like mounted against the wall and they're just running over like going yeah yeah refresh refresh that one oh refresh that one oh that one's free oh I hope we left the passcode on that one oh yes 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 <laughs> a very accurate representation of what happens on a day-to-day basis in a click farm <laughs> Oh, that one, the battery's going down on that one. Oh, I've got, to, I've got to plug that one in. Oh, no, the battery's going down on that one. I don't have enough chargers. <laughs> That's what I'd imagine a click farm is like. <laughs> Old MacDonald had a click farm. <laughs> click, click, <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> and on that farm, he had some a new, a new Instagram uh, socialite. <laughs> click, 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 click. With a brand club here. A diet drink here. <laughs> <laughs> visit my blog I want to do more of these this is fun yeah the the, the parish is burning plopcast <laughs> what I don't know I don't know what yeah. um, I, so uh, the thing is like, we, we haven't even talked about the, the other people that we have in it really have we well the ra- rebels in it yeah, throughout yeah, okay we'll get to you alright we'll, we'll get, get to, you. to you yes rebel rebel has done many years in rada <laughs> um haven't you you doggy rada we mentioned that we have michael fry and kira knight who are just amazing performers michael especially is a fin- just a chameleon when it comes to voices and stuff and yeah. kira kira, kira is, is one of the best improvisers i've ever seen just in terms of the her, where her mind goes for the funniest stuff. She she's probably in the sketch show more than anybody else as yeah, well. I think she's yeah. probably like that got the most parts, and and rightfully so. Like she's she she's the MVP of the show. She, for sure. she, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Peter McGann who me and Mickey share. Like actually, before we recorded this, he put up a new video, and both of us went <gasps> yes. <laughs> Like there's very few creators, yeah, same online when they put up something new that I go, whatever. Like I'm stopping what I'm doing for the next minute or two. He never misses. No, he never misses. It's They're, always so funny, and it's so, just. I think he does that. Peter does that type of office yeah. lad. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the, the kind of awkward, uh, awkward dude at the office who's like trying to fit in, but just yeah. never can he, get it. He does that, like just perfectly and then we have um mary flanagan who's, who, who's brilliant he does like the, the she offers up something completely different that we didn't have yeah before her like yeah she uh a, a lot of her sketches uh, um, great writer too great like great writer brilliant performer um and a different like just a different voice yeah um rebel here rebel's a prop comic <laughs> yeah rebel was coming in with like lots of props and sounds she eats her own and, shit and, it's and, hilarious <laughs> yeah no she'll just sit there and just lick her asshole like for, yeah. for, for ages and you're like going what a what a comic genius this dog <laughs> is rebel's the dog by the way <laughs> uh who else do we have michael strani yeah michael strani yeah he's done a lot of um uh comedy stuff before he's done sketch show stuff before as well um what was the video the the the, the bbc tree video that we watched of his was really funny um, yeah, he was really good. He's he is Van Dad after all. Yeah, he um, he's he's it's funny because he's like him and Mary both aren't on very much online a lot, so it's hard to wax lyrical about them without just sounding like oh they're 
just saying they're class, but they are just class. And then I had Hannah Mamelis as well, who's another fucking hilarious. Um, She's brilliant, like writer performer. There's there was one sketch of hers that I think was probably my favorite out of all the sketches that we got, like they're written by people that weren't just me or you. Um, uh, it was the the one where she is pretending to be like a f- an actress from the forties. Yes. Um, and I don't think we could make it to the the, the pilot because it was really long. It was long, but it was br- it's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. I I don't want uh, to say what what it's, it's, it's even about. It's just really good satire it, of like old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and it's brilliant. And if we do get another episode, it'll make it into that. Yeah. So like, it's a proper mix of like uh of character of pe- people you know from the from both sides of the. Of uh of the country like you got like we got, I mean, what I mean we got like Peter and uh and Hannah and uh Michael and Kira so we four from the south and four from the north yeah where's our like friggin border money <laughs> if this, come on you cough up I know if this was about like ten years ago there'd be some old grant for this we're keeping this fragile piece together flipping right man I'm Grant Mitchell give me some grants. <laughs> And I'm his brother, Phil. <laughs> you think it would have been the other way around because his name's Phil, but no, he's actually Grant. You don't give us, Grant. We're going to come down and pay you a visit <laughs> as long as you do, after you tell us where, where you work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir, I'm not going to tell you where we work now that you have told us that you're going to intimidate us. I should really stop leading with that. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is fucking outrageous. See, see when I was in fucking Nam. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say is that like um, the, the the actors that we have on the on the sketch show are really really great, and I haven't acted a day in my life, <laughs> and uh, I'm like definitely at the bottom of the pile. And then like you're but you're you're much better than I am because well, you, you've I, done a bit of acting beforehand mm, with that with your amateur acting. though and I was literally had the script in the back, my back pocket and I was filming it <laughs> myself and I was just looking at it and and winging it really. So I wouldn't call it acting too much. Mm. Also, your stuff more, more of your kind of performance stuff made it into the pilot than mine did. Did it? Yeah, and also I think the stuff that made it in there that you performing is performed brilliantly. So I'm good at shouting. I'm good at re- angry and like rage. Yeah, you... or, or like. You dumb high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my, I contain multitudes. Yeah, my, well, not really. Um, <laughs> not really. I don't think so. It's just like you, you just chudes. Yeah, yeah, Mick, yeah. I contain tudes. He's got, he's got, he's got one chude. Because <laughs> um, like Mickey has like a real has no authority in his voice. Yeah, I like gravitas. Yeah, completely lacks gravitas. So if you were to say. I don't know what's what's the situation where you really need to get on like a PA or like tell people right like the, the boat sinking in the Titanic like yeah so what would happen hold on hold on we need we need some sort of music in here right like Titanic near my God to thee is that is that the is that the one that they play yeah sweet last orders <laughs> you can't. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> you literally can't stay here. It won't be here. Have you got no raft of your own? Sorry. Um, uh, everybody, you might have noticed that uh, uh, the ship has sort of started to, to, to go at, at, an, at an angle. Uh, and you might have, you, 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 you might have seen that, that we, we just kind of grazed a bit of the, the bit of the big <laughs> ice rock there, and and there's not nothing, 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 nothing to be too worried about. 
but I would just get out to fuck as soon as you can because I think this cunt's going down. Anyway, um, I, I would, uh, you know, you may loot as well. Uh, if you, if 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 you, if you, if, you, if you have someone to say to tell them you love them, you best tell them now. Drop the hand if you're going <laughs> to drop the hand because let me tell you, it'll be too cold to do anything in that fucking icy Atlantic. <laughs> anyway, listen, that's all from me. The captain's looking at me here like I'm a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna dress as a woman, and I'm gonna jump into the life rat. All the best. Good luck. Are we still getting paid for this? <laughs> yeah. Are we still getting paid for this? Because <laughs> the, the likelihood of us surviving. I don't know, like I still want my dough. Now well, yeah, we have to get to New York to, to hand in the slip to get paid, so you best start paddling. <coughs> See, that's why you wouldn't go on the PA, whereas whereas me... You'd be down looting the safes. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd be buoyant from all of the cash, from all of the notes. From all, all of the notes. Um, <laughs> it's me, me. <laughs> buoyant from the notes sewed into the back of my like my, my, my shirt and and then just me thinking lying on my back just coughing champagne <laughs> do you want to get onto the raft in a minute <laughs> in just in a, in a minute <laughs> not finished coughing yet <laughs> Are there any Frenchmen on there? But Get they, them off. It's funny, they, they did say about the Titanic that the people, the majority of the people, a lot, sorry, a lot of the people that did survive were the ones that were fairly drunk because they, they their body didn't go into shock as quickly as, as other people. So, like, you know, <laughs> you've literally got like, <laughs> these people, like, lined up um, at the very end going, all these people that survived, and you're like, well, fuck, it'd be a good crack to go on the pass. <laughs> Can you imagine like uh, the the rescue boats come and they 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 get everybody on the boat and there's just a big crowd of people and they're all just sitting with their with their head in their hands just and the boys are going <laughs> <"Fuck."> <laughs> they, they, they look they look traumatized and one of them just like I'm fucking dying of a hangover I the hangover oh, just after setting in oh here oh, I left my charger on the boat <laughs> <laughs> here and you're just getting out in New York don't have any dirty hoes or anything no. <laughs> Hey, Deliveroo, no? Are you a Deliveroo, no? Uh, and, and Do you want to hear something bleak about the Titanic? That's right, you worked in the Titanic. Yeah. Somebody, uh, wasn't, <laughs> Mickey told me once that um, he when he was working at the Titanic that somebody thought you were a statue. Oh, that happened several times. <laughs> yeah, several times. So I used to be kind of stationed up in this bit uh, where there was kind of, it was quite dark. There was no windows. And you would go along the, the gantry and it was just, our, our uniform was navy and the walls were navy and it kind of yeah. looked like ship crew uniform. So I used to just melt into the wall <laughs> and I had a beard and, and a bit of curly hair. So I kind of looked like a, like I could have been on the, the shipyard and, and yeah. people used to, th- and I would just, I used to have to, supposed to be greeting people as they get off the lift, but I'd just be melted into the wall. <laughs> and uh, Scared yeah. the crap out of like pure American tourists. Yeah, a couple of times I scared a few kids. Um yeah, but I a thing that's really fucking bleak is those uh, life preserver vests. They were made from cork, so, which uh, can those can those wankers not do anything right? <laughs> 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 but it meant that when they jumped off and hit the water, the cork would just like go up and break their neck. Yeah. Oh my god! 
pretty much snap their necks. They'd all just be lying. All these dead, buoyant bodies with broken necks lying in the water. Oh, that's that. That is incredibly grim. I mean, yeah. you'd think that. I mean, health and safety wasn't what it was now back in those days. I'd say, but you think they would have tested it out? <laughs> Who goes like, first? Well, I would assume like if it was me back in those days. What, actually, I would sorry, have, I want to know what you would have been. You would because you're a very uh, interesting <laughs> character when it comes to uh, think like situations of pressure and stress i'm fight or flight though like, yeah. uh, uh, like so what yeah you, you've hit an iceberg I, i'll go one of two ways like I, I, i'll go into the i'll either like go deep into the bow and like help all the lads or i'll like just switch something i'll switch the other way and i'll like start calling myself marjorie and like <laughs> <laughs> grab the first child and go my baby and like, just get on get onto the boat and then like really play the character though like just really get into it going, yeah. You know, I said I said to them before we left. It's like this boat is probably not probably not the best. <laughs> probably not the best boat. I love the way you said you'd be down helping the lad shovel coal. My hole, you would. Um, I don't know which way I'd go. Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what are you going to gain from staying on the boat? I think I would. I'm not the captain. Yeah. Um, I paid my money. I'm getting the New York. So, do you think would you would you try and get on the boat? Dressed as a, a woman or a child. I could be your child. You could be my child. We're too old for this now, the, the, the old child business. But if it was back in the day, like, mm. I, I, was, I did look quite young for a long time. I just like. My six foot child. <laughs> my six foot child. And I keep saying to them, Have you never seen the movie Jack? And they're like, going, <laughs> It's 1912. What are you talking about? Have you never seen the script? This is going to be a hit. I forgot all about that movie. What was the crack with that movie? He was aging really rapidly, wasn't that? Yeah, it? he was in school and like a he was in, yeah he was aging really rapidly, and he's just basically Robin Williams as a forty-five year old hanging about with. And he like, gra- I think he graduates as a like a pensioner. The thing is, like, I mean, if I was to do like an eleven-plus style test as a pensioner. I'd be really happy to pass it. I'd be really happy to pass it right now. <laughs> he graduated from P7. He graduated from high school. It was an 11 plus. <laughs> so he was about 80 when he graduated. From yeah. I think he, did think he got lost his virginity. Yeah, the prom. <laughs> Just taking granddad around back and that's how he died and that was yeah. the end of it. What a way to go. I know. Holy crap. What a great movie. And what Benjamin Button sat backwards. Yeah, he start he was born old and, and grew young. I haven't seen either of these movies. Yeah, me neither. Well, you've have you you've seen Jack? Okay, years ago. Yeah. But sure, as as like my granddad was here, sure, but they're not about that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch anything, like anything vaguely fiction. He doesn't just, like uh, it. Uh, no, like unless it was a cowboy movie. Yeah. I tried to watch Calamity uh, Jane last night. Nothing about that. So tell me about Calamity Jane. Well, the fucking eye player scuppered me five minutes into this. Sh- to the, I just finished a rollicking version of sing along version of the uh, Whip Crack Away, the opening song. It was brilliant. I was like, yes, this is me for the night. And then BBC eye player started acting the bollocks. So I just watched an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch instead. <laughs> are you okay? I'm fine. Why? I don't know. It just seems like these two things are a cry for help. Like. Uh, no, I am a big fan of Sabrina. I think it's a hilarious show. Very formative. I would actually argue that it's relevant to this particular podcast if we're talking about writing comedy. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is so funny for a kid to watch and it, it, it holds up as an adult. 
Salem. Does it? Yep. It really does. I mean, I, I, mean, I, like, did, I did watch it. I watched it and Sister Sister. Yeah. Yeah, Sister Sister's good as well, but Sabrina, I think, like... What are the chances of that, though? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on, sorry, sorry. Yeah, like, what are the chances? Come on, like, <laughs> come on, guys, try harder. <laughs> sorry, go on, Ed. No, just, that's it. I took an, Did I tell you what I did during the deep in the first lockdown? You... Got adopted and, and and met your twin brother. <laughs> I um thirty four. I spent my last fifteen quid buying the first episode of or the first series of Sabrina on YouTube. Oh man, my you? last fifteen quid when I didn't have a job and I did it and I was like, that is the dumbest thing you've ever done. You you really missed that class in school of crisis budgeting, didn't yeah, you? And, like? and just an impulse <laughs> management. <laughs> I'm just perplexed. I don't know what to say. I don't. Yeah, just you go into things. Did you enjoy it? What the first the first season? Yeah, sure. It's all on Disney. It's all on Amazon now, and I'm burning my way through it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm. I'm halfway through season two. It's hilarious. It's a great show. She follows you on Twitter, doesn't she, Melissa? Does she? Melissa, um, what's her name again? Melissa. Melissa Joan Hart. She follows me. Oh, look at that. That is, Oh, no, she does still follows me. I was about to go look at that. <laughs> She's unfollowed me. I think I've messaged her back in the day as well. <laughs> oh, my God, I did. I messaged her in 2018. I messaged her on the 21st of March 2018 and says, <laughs> just saw on the TV, sorry you and Harvey broke up. Hope all's well. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> look. <laughs> I DM'd her on Twitter. Well, Harvey is a complete farm boy anyway, oh, so she could do farm better. Boy. I think that there was like if <clears throat> if Salem was actually a dude, that she she would she would have a, a good thing with going with the her. guy who uh, voiced Salem did a lot of the writing as well. Did he? Mm-hmm. And Paul Feig is in the first season <laughs> as Mister Poodle, the, the science teacher. I don't know who that is. You know who Paul Feig is. No, you know all these. Uh, Paul Feig is my. Uh, did a lot of direct. Like he directed a lot of stuff. The Office. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like you've got a really good, uh, um, like sort of flipping Wikipedia for American like actors and directors yeah. and things like that. Sometimes when I come into your house and you, these guys will be talking about names and I'll be like, "One, I know my own name." That's about it. <laughs> and even then, I'm sometimes <laughs> not sure. Yeah, exactly. You check me pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Well, we wrap this up. Aye. Uh, let's play another clip um, off the sketch show. You have to listen to the sketch show. You must listen to the sketch show. Parish Burning, BBC Sounds. Listen to it now. Share it around. And rest in peace. Slam. Bonjour. After closure for an extensive renovation venture, the doors are open in Rury Moors Rural Brewery in Uri. Feeling demure? Then our new couture velour enclosure will fix you and yours, that's for sure. Or if you're poorly, dure, and looking for the cure, try out our deal du jour. Pure cures poured by the pitcher and chicken skewers for €4.44. Euro Procure a brochure for our alluring brewery tour where you'll learn all about the enduring story of slurring beer brewer, Rory Brewer Senior. From a poor wee hoor working in the sewer to a pure brewery entrepreneur. Before an obscure seizure put him in the floor, the story of Rory Senior's ventures endures through Rory Moor Junior and the Moor's purest rural brewing procedures. And be assured, there are fewer breweries like Rory Moor's Rural Brewery right there on the new Newry Road between Julie Julie's Jewelry Hooley and Kurt Burt Blurt's family-friendly bar and grill.